Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Everything that God had made was getting ready for this moment. All the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the fruit on the trees. For six long days, God was getting everything absolutely perfect. Through his word, he brought all things that we see into existence. And then, for this part of creation, God paused. God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over all the things of the earth. And God blessed them. Then, in God's word, we see the intimate intimate relationship between God and man. We see the creation of man and woman up close. The word says that God formed man and he breathed life into his nostrils. The God of the universe, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they had to love, and out of the Trinity's love came the creation of man. Man could do nothing to gain all that God wanted to give to him. Every piece of fruit, every blade of grass, and every breath of air that man enjoyed came from the same hand of God who formed him out of the dust. God gave man body and soul, and everything was good. Now the next thing that God did, you might question. You may wonder why he did it. When you look at the way things are now, you might even be upset about God's next move. But God had a plan that we cannot fully understand. So God put the tree of life in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God would later tell the man, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Now at this point, Adam was in paradise, and all things were perfect. He did not even know what imperfect might be. The word die, he had no frame of reference for. All he knew is that the one, whom out of unfathomable love gave him all he had, had told him not to eat of a certain tree. And so he didn't. At first, Adam was for the most part alone. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. Then God took a rib from Adam and formed Eve. From his very flesh she was brought to life. And when Adam looked at his wife, he called her woman. For when he looked at her, he saw himself, he saw his completion. And the man and his wife were both naked, and they were not ashamed. Can you imagine having no shame? Can you imagine never thinking about yourself, never worrying, never being selfish, and never having to deal with self-image? It seems impossible, but here were Adam and Eve, naked and unashamed. And if God himself came and stood before them, they would not fear one bit. For they trusted God completely. He had given, given them all of these things. In our state, we do not trust anybody completely. 
And if they're smart, nobody would can trust would nobody would trust us completely either. But Adam and Eve knew that everything that they had, including each other, came from his good hand, the good hand of God. Now if you remember, there was the matter of that tree. Out of love for his spouse, Adam told Eve what God had said. He told her, God said that we could eat of any tree of the garden, but we can't eat from the tree in the midst of the garden. Don't even touch it, or we will die. Adam shared God's word with his wife, for God's word was life was life to both of them. But we all know what happened next. The serpent came and talked with Eve. Notice he didn't talk with Adam, who received the command directly from God. He talked with his wife, who heard God's word through him. The serpent said, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? The devil was as tricky then as he is today. Notice that his temptation begins with trying to make Eve question God's word. He is trying to get her to mistrust God's word. This is what the first temptation was, and it's still the temptation today. Did God really part the Red Sea? Did people named Adam and Eve ever really exist? Did Sodom and Gomorrah ever really happen? And was the world really flooded? Did the virgin birth really happen? Was Jesus really God? After all, if Jesus was really God, he'd know what we know, that there was no Adam and Eve, that there was no Moses, that there was no Sodom and Gomorrah. And if Jesus wasn't really God, how in the world could he pay for all the sins of the world? And why does he say that he's the only way to heaven? Isn't isn't that misogynistic? The devil twists God's word today, and he did the same thing with Eve. The woman knew God's word, and she did exactly what she was supposed to do. She responded to the devil using God's word. She said, We may eat of the fruit of the tree in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. She quotes God's word, although not verbatim. She never named which tree they couldn't eat, and she added the command, Don't even touch it. Who knows if she got those extra things from Adam or if she thought to say them herself. But God's word was added to. But the devil pressed on as he does with us. And he said, you'll not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open. You will be like God, knowing good and evil. The devil actually tried to put a positive spin on what was pure evil. He tempted man to be like God. And that has been the temptation ever since. We are all tempted to put our will above God's word, which gives us his will. In the end, the the woman took some of the fruit 
and she ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Did you catch that last part? Her husband was right there. Why didn't he say anything? He received the command. He was the one who was supposed to share the command with his wife. But here, when it mattered most, he was silent. He no longer was acting out of love for his wife. Instead, he acted out of love and curiosity for himself. And he remained silent. If she ate some and lived, then he would eat. If she ate some and died, then he would not eat. He remained silent when he should have spoken God's word. And he did this out of selfishness, not love for others. And the Bible says that then the eyes of both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. Now for the first time, they could not look at each other without thinking of themselves and their own shame. And in that shame, they hid themselves from each other. This is a sad state of affairs. And we're still hiding ourselves to this day. Then immediately after they fell, God came looking for them. The man and his and woman were terrified at the thought of God looking for them. They no longer trusted God. They knew that they were God's enemies, for they had walked away from life and turned to death. So they did something that they had never done before. They hid from God. They were scared of him. Moreover, they were filled with something that they had never felt before, shame. They never wanted to show their face again, for they had betrayed the one who gave them all things. And since God couldn't trust them anymore, they knew that they couldn't trust him. But the Lord God called to the man, God's word came into the ears of Adam and Eve even as they were trying to run from him. For no one can escape God's word. And God called man into judgment. And the man answering God said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the fruit. And I ate. Adam blamed everyone but himself. He blamed Eve and Ultimately, he blamed God for giving her to him. The woman then blamed the serpent. This is what we always do. We always try to give a reason for why we have sinned. But there is no reason. We should just confess that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed. No excuses. We can't justify our wrong no matter what we say. There is never a good reason to sin. Sin hurts ourselves and it hurts others. Adam's sin led to the death of him and his wife, 
and all who would come after them, and it would eventually lead to the death of God's only begotten Son. God could have struck down his creation right then and there, but instead God said to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. In this sentence, Jesus, who was born from the seed of the Virgin Mary, was promised. And Jesus would crush Satan's head by the blood of his cross. You see, Jesus was always the plan. Without Jesus, it's impossible to know the full extent of God's love. Without God dying, without God laying his life down to redeem his creation, it is impossible to know that love would even do such a thing. In Jesus, we see the fullness of God's love. In him, in him the image of God that man once had in Adam, it is restored. Hear Colossians 1. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, even Adam and Eve. All things were created through him and for him, for in him all the fullness of God All the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, making peace by the blood of his cross. This Jesus saved Adam and Eve by the blood of his cross. Through the promised Jesus, God pronounced judgment on the serpent, and he set Adam and Eve free. They still had to suffer. They suffered the fall, as do we. But God provided for, their new, for them new life in this fallen world. They had hope where all they had before was death. He gave them all things for the support and needs of their body and life as well. One of the first things that God did was he gave them clothing. They didn't deserve it, but God continues to give. God even blessed them with a pregnancy. And when Eve bore her first son, she looked at him and said, and I'm using Luther's translation, which takes directly from the Hebrew. He said, I have gotten, Eve looked at her son and she said, I have gotten the man of the Lord. I use the literal translation of this verse from the Hebrew because of something that Luther pointed out. He writes, From this statement, another reason may be gathered why Eve did not call God a son. You know, the the ESV translation says, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. But Eve really said, I have gotten the man of the Lord. And Luther pointed out that this just isn't a regular son to Eve. He continues, namely, they had something greater in mind about him, 
as though Cain would be the man who would crush the head of the serpent. Luther thought, and I agree with him, that Eve believed that her baby Cain was the promised Messiah. Now, she couldn't have been more wrong. He ended up being the world's first murderer. But Jesus would eventually come. He would come from the union of Adam and Eve. You see, both Joseph and Mary came from the lineage of Adam and Eve's union. And yes, Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary, and he did not suffer the original sin that Adam brought into the world. And because Jesus was fully God and fully man, he who was born in the manger would grow as a man 33 years later, and he would fulfill the promise that God gave to Adam and Eve. He would crush the serpent's head, and he would bring peace to the world. He would bring peace to you and I by the blood of his cross. And now may the peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.